Aloha. Welcome to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but nothing replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Massage therapy. It's not just to relax and maybe kick off your heels and get a nice little relaxing break on a Friday at the beach. There are some actual medical benefits that have been proven for a variety of different conditions, particularly of the joints and the spine, that can improve with the use of certified medical massage therapy. Today, we're going to be talking with Cindy Ogata. She runs Therapeutic Touch of Health, and this is... This is a location that she's actually been doing this for over two decades, almost two decades, almost 20 years of providing massage therapy for a variety of different conditions. And we're going to talk today about how that works and what sort of numbers of sessions do people usually need and how is this something that can actually help them to feel better and move easier and, in fact, improve their overall health. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Now, massage therapy, this isn't, you know, if I just give somebody a shoulder rub, I I haven't trained in massage, so this isn't something that I have any expertise in. When you go through official training, you actually have to learn a lot about the different ways that the body interacts. And what is, how do you become a massage therapist? How do you become a licensed massage therapist? The training includes a a book work that would be physiology and anatomy and uh, sanitation, all, all that. That's several hundred hours. And then the second part of the training is hands-on. You work with clients with various medical conditions. And then from there, you must pass the state test with a certain percent. If you don't pass the test, round two, take the test again a few more months later. And so that's how you become licensed in the state of Hawaii. Okay. So this is something that... You know, you you go to school, you learn about the anatomy, the physiology, how the body works, and then you start hands-on training. You know, I think a lot of, I mean, massage in general is hands-on. So part of the training is learning how to work with different people in different types of situations. Now, what sort of conditions do people generally present to you? What medical conditions do you see most often? In our clinic, we do medical massage, and that would be uh, if you have aches and pains, like frozen shoulders, headaches, a stiff neck, sciatica, carpal tunnel, you know, post-surgical, uh, you need to get your range of motion again with your shoulder or your hips. That would be our clinic. We would like to work with medical people, and we get referrals by medical doctors as well. Now, that differentiates you from somebody who says, okay, I'm going to just go get a standard massage. What is the difference in general if someone is going for sort of a just a relaxation massage versus a medical massage? A relaxation massage is generally at the spas. They do you from head to toe, and it's general. It just hits all your body parts, I mean, the you know, massage. And in the medical massage, we're specific. If you come in... You fill out a a form, and then we'll ask you what specific areas are you a little bit tight in or you need more range of motion or you're a little injured from. And then from there, we focus our energy on that specific uh, diagnosis. So you mentioned that, you know, it's really client-driven. If somebody says, I have this really tight shoulder, for example, you might work specifically on the shoulder to help them with doing some of the therapeutic treatments. Now, when when you've seen folks with, let's just say, shoulder pain in the past, 
does one treatment usually work? Is this sort of a series of several different treatments? I kind of think about things like physical therapy where you you go and you learn an exercise and then you go home and you do it and then you come back and you demonstrate you've done it and hopefully something has improved with the muscles or your strength and then you might learn another exercise. How does it work with massage? With our, with our clinic, what we do is when we see a frozen shoulder, we ask them, you know, lift up your arm. Can you extend your arm? Let's see where the limitations are at so we know how to address the muscles. And then from there, after we give the, the massage, we ask you, what does the physical therapy team uh, giving you stretches for? If they don't have a physical therapy team, then we encourage them to do certain stretches that works for us based on, you know, where we find tightness in their muscles. So that sounds great. It sounds like, you know, you partner with physical therapy to help learn what stretches they're doing and then also give them some stretches targeted to the goal of improving those specific muscles that might be too tight or might have a problem that's causing it to be frozen. So so that's that team approach really sounds like it must be quite effective. Have you seen folks who have shoulder troubles get better in the past? Yes. Yes, we have seen range of motion increase, whether they're with a physical therapy team or not. The key is they need to go back home and do their home stretches. So we'll give them, we'll work out the muscles that are tight, and then we'll encourage them to finish up some stretches at home. And if they need to come back so that we can review the stretches and or massages, we will massage them and get more range of motion with that. Ah, you give them homework. <laughs> yeah. I love homework. We encourage them to do their stretches at home. Very, very much, yes. (laughs) I love homework. I've always loved homework. But I think it's really important because it's not just the treatment for the time in which they're in the office with you. So uh, using our theoretical example example of tight shoulder, how long might a massage treatment for that last? Would that be like 30 minutes, 60 minutes for your initial treatment and evaluation? Usually our sessions run about an hour. And then from there, you know, if you want to come in on a weekly basis until it gets better, it just depends how frozen is your shoulder. If it was just, you know, oh, I tweaked my shoulder because I slept funny, then we encourage you this is not the way to sleep and this is the way, the better way to sleep for your, your issue. Yeah. Sometimes we encourage them to sleep a little bit differently. Right. So if there's a direct cause, then eliminating that cause or altering what you're doing could also be part of the, part of the treatment process. Definitely. And sometimes when they sit funny, it causes issues with their lower back. And we're like, oh, did you notice the, do you ever sit like this or, or, or sleep like this? And they go, how do you know? Well, your muscles are saying a story. One side's tighter than the other side is this movement that we're doing like this. And they go, oh, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as, as a charge, yes. Wow, that's fascinating. So what you just mentioned is when you check on the body, mm-hmm. it will often tell you what the physical problem is based on either posture or something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. One time I went to this uh, this office, and the office manager, he had tight, tighter shoulder than the office workers, you know, and I said, are you like pitching balls or throwing something with that right arm more than than your coworkers, and he just laughed. He goes, you know, on my part-time, I'm a, I'm a coach with the kids' league. And I'm like, oh, okay, that explains why your muscle is tighter than the rest of the gang in the office on that right shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So you can even kind of detective work, figure out what other ancillary to work activity somebody's doing that could be causing troubles. So when you do an evaluation for somebody, let's just say, you know, let's stick to the shoulders for a moment. Yes. 
would somebody naturally have more developed muscles on their dominant side than on their non-dominant side? And should they be equally flexible in both? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes and no. Uh, sometimes the non-dominant side is weaker, and that's why the aches are showing up on the non-dominant side. Huh. Because, you know, you would think, like your baseball coach example, is that they're doing more on the right side. So in that yes. case, maybe that's more likely if they're not doing it correctly or even just overusing it, that it would bother them. So, they're, you know, the body is not actually symmetrical, even though we think it is. It actually does have some nuances to it. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come right back with Cindy Ogata, we're going to be talking more about massage therapy. Who needs it? What can it do? And once you start down this process, do you ever completely get better? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak with Cindy Ogata. She runs Therapeutic Touch of Hawaii, and it is a massage therapy based on medical conditions. So right before the break, we were talking about using massage for shoulder troubles. This might be therapeutic for someone who has tight shoulders. Maybe they're overusing it or just body posturing in a way that may not be as productive for their body as they think. You know, I'm curious, Cindy, in your experience, boy, the last year, a lot of folks have been doing a lot of work from home and also things on Zoom or Teams or Skype or some other type of video platform. Do you find that people are developing more troubles with neck pain because of their posture and the way they're sitting? Yes. Uh, We find that the people who are working from home have more neck issues because the ergonomic is not designed properly at work, at, at home. Uh, their neck bothers them more and their lower back. The chair-to-desk ratio is, is off at home. And that's what we noticed during the COVID year. Yeah, that's actually, it's kind of funny because I had to do a whole day of work from home one day and I realized I don't really have a setup to do that. You know, it's like having a little laptop on your lap That is not going to be conducive to an eight-hour day. So it made me really appreciative of my office because I realized, you know, it's ergonomically set up so much better. So, yeah, that's definitely the truth. Now, when you see those sorts of things, can massage actually help somebody in that scenario? Meaning, can it help them if they keep doing the bad posture that they're guilty of? Or is it really just a temporary relief in that case until they kind of take on the homework project of fixing what they're doing? Well, when they come in with a home office set up, we, we, we find out what's going on with their lower back or their carpal tunnel issues, and then we encourage them to either raise the desk, lower the desk, or your chair, or, and then also we encourage them to take stretch breaks, like once an hour, just get up and drink some water and go do a little stretch break and then go back to work. It doesn't take long to do a, a short stretch break so that you can be healthy and pain-free at the end of the work week. Ah, healthy and pain-free. That's really the key. You mentioned something important that I think a lot of us don't realize, and that is the back. One of the most common areas of the body that results in people coming in to see their doctor is actually low back pain. I think statistics show that about 70 to 80% of people by the age of 75 is going to have some experience of low back pain. Do you think that there are some, some simple tips that we could all use to just help 
to keep our back stronger? Are there ways that we can prevent that from happening so that we don't need to get to the point where it hurts before we address it? Yes, I would encourage people to watch the way they're sleeping. Oftentimes, if we're at work all day long, most of us may be sitting down, and then you're driving a car, so you're also sitting. You shorten the lower back muscles. And then some people, when they sleep, especially during the winter months, they're sleeping sidelines with their legs bent. And then they get up and they wonder why their lumbar, L5 area, their lower back right behind the belly button, it aches. It just aches like, you know, like you ever seen an old lady walking across the street where she's bent over? She can't stand back straight because her iliac muscles is pulling so much, it's pulling her forward. So I encourage people that when you sleep during the winter months, try to sleep on a little bit more open position. Or if you're sitting down all day or stuck in traffic all day, Get up, walk around the office, walk to the bathroom often, drink a lot of water, and walk. Movement. You mentioned that sleeping in what's what you refer to as an open position. What does that mean? It means that, uh, like lying down on your back with your legs straight, as if you're standing, you know, that, that position versus uh, crunched up, curled up in a bundle sideline. Uh, that's not good if you're doing a sitting down job all day long and you have traffic hours in a car you got too many hours in, in, the, in the crunched up position. is not good for the lower back. Mm. As you were talking, I sort of straightened myself up and put the <laughs> microphone up a little and went, I don't want to be one of those people that you see walking across the street who can't straighten up. <laughs> so, up. yeah, I don't want to be that person. So if somebody were to come in with back pain for you and you know that it might have to do with some of the ergonomics, have you seen folks in the past really improve with some of the massage treatments for the back and also what kind of homework other than changing how they're sleeping and getting up and doing stretch breaks, what else could they do? Oh, yes. They, they just need to watch the routine of how they sit, how they drive their car. You know, sometimes their leg is out, sometimes their leg is up in the air or hitting the door. And and it's, it's kind of interesting. They got to go back to what it is that's causing the issue. Really go back to the basics and say, where does it hurt? What do I do that affects that area? Mm -hmm. And is there a different way I could do it? Ah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Change a little bit something. If you you do something that you've always done, you're going to get the same results. So if you have to change something a little bit, then then we'll, we'll see results. What kind of responses have you seen to folks who see you for low back pain and receive massage treatments in the past? Do they generally get better? Generally better if there's a bulging disc or a radiating pain going down. Sometimes it's a nerve issue. We can address the muscle issue. We are not in the department of the nerve. So you have to be careful. You have to kind of check in with your provider and make sure that that's what's going on with you. You're right. Some people who have a nerve issue, it might be related to the muscles, but it could also be related to some other sort of a disc problem or something else going on in their in their yes. body that might not respond as well to massage. Is there any danger in doing massage therapy if you're not sure? Like if you just have a backache and you don't know if it's a disc or it's a nerve, could massage therapy be dangerous for you in that scenario? Or could it potentially temporarily help but just not long-term provide the relief you're expecting? For most people, it does help. For some people, we, we get accidents like work injury or auto accidents. And sometimes we're going in the back and it's like, oh, my goodness, uh, I think you better go back to your doctor and get an MRI or something. It's just 
they don't respond, they're extremely sensitive, then at that point, maybe massage therapy must have to step, step aside and let the doctors take over because maybe there might be a surgery that might be needed or a cortisone shot or something. Sure, some other therapeutic intervention right. that might, uh, might provide more longitudinal relief. Yes. Now, if somebody's had a surgery, you mentioned earlier that, you know, postoperatively helping them get their muscles back, would there be certain types of conditions where you would notice that massage therapy is really helpful after a procedure? Yes. In fact, that's how I got started in massage was my daughter's <laughs> post-surgical. I needed to get more range of motion in her hands, and that's how I got into massage therapy. For the most part, breaking up the scar tissues to get more range of motion does help. So, like if somebody's recently had a surgery, wait for it to heal a little bit, follow what their physical therapy team member says, and then if massage is considered to be something that would help them, that's when you become a member of that team. Yes, normally we wait about six to eight weeks, just depends on what the doctor orders, and then and then from there we, we join the team with the healing. Now, when you think about massage treatments, it's more than just episodic, I would think. It might require several different treatments in a row. On average, when you see folks, do you generally see them for a couple of sessions, depending on the medical condition, and if so, about how many? Everybody varies. Everybody is different. Uh, sometimes we see them for about a dozen times, and sometimes one time, and they're good to go. It just depends how chronic their condition has been before they came to our office. Wow, so it could just be one and done, or it might take several sessions to really help loosen up those muscles. Exactly. Can Do you find that people, as we get older, are we becoming less flexible? Do we need to stretch more? Is that something that's causing our muscles to kind of get into spasm a bit that's resulting in the problems? I think general movements. The more we move, even just walking, the better overall our health is. So the more movement we get, the healthier our muscles are. If we're in a stagnated environment and we don't move very much and we go home and watch TV, the muscles get a little bit more stiffer. Are you are you watching me? Because sometimes I just spend my day in the office and then I go home and I drive in my car and then I want to sit on the couch and watch TV. It's a trick I used to do. When I used to go to work, I used to go work early on purpose, then I used to walk into my neighborhood, and then I would go to my desk and I would like start the day fresh and bubbly. So that, that's a trick, or walk, or park a little farther from your office, and you get your walk as you're doing your routine. Ah, so walk early, move early, and then you might have an easier time throughout the rest of the day. And here was another doctor, and what she did was, during her lunch hour, she would walk up and down the stairs, and that would be her exercise for the day. Ah, that's excellent. That's a success story. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Cindy Ogata of Therapeutic Touch of of Health and discuss more about massage. And if you think you might have a condition that could benefit from it, how would you go about getting that? We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Cindy Ogata on the line, and she is a 
licensed massage therapist have, who's been practicing here in the islands for almost 20 years. And right before the break, we were talking about what are some of the ways that people can get up and move around and sort of start their day with a little bit more flexibility and joy if they have a chance to do some a little bit of walking or maybe walking in the stairs at lunchtime or some other way to keep their body active. Now, I'm curious... Uh, Cindy, you've been doing this for such a long time with medical massage. We've sort of talked about how it's different than other types of massage, common things that you see, back pain, neck pain. You mentioned carpal tunnel. How can massage help somebody who has carpal tunnel symptoms? Carpal tunnel, it sometimes starts off in your neck and it goes down your arm to your fingers. It may numb your fingers as well. Massage can help loosen up the muscles. And then from there, we encourage them to do the stretches based on which muscles we find tight. And that's the key, is oftentimes when people are at work, they type all day long, they're behind the computers all day long, and the simple stretches will help them become pain-free once they realize how simple the stretches are that they can do throughout the day. So give me an example of a simple stretch, because there are days when I'm on the computer all the time. Oh, so I would interlock my fingers and pull my arm out and just stretch it out. It's just the Ooh, it's I'm all doing day long that your fingers are curled up. Okay. You've got to stretch out your fingers the opposite direction in even the forearm. If your forearm is, is flex, flex in flexion mode all day long, you've got to flex it, extension, extend it back and push it back so that you can loosen up those muscles. Well, you just mentioned another really interesting point, which is not only stretching in one direction, but recognizing the need to stretch in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're always flexing, you need to extend and vice versa. How might that apply to your legs? The legs, again, if your your knees are, are in flexion all day long, you've got to like stretchen up and, and get moving, get some walking. <laughs> Bend down, touch your toes, kind of see if you can touch the ground, kind of really stretch out your gastroc and your hamstring muscles in the back? Yes, yes, yes. Stretch everything out. <laughs> Flexion and extension, and within within your abilities, of course. You don't want to overdo that, and it hurts yourself from, from stretching. Now, there's always going to be the question about massage therapy, how people can get it. Do you see people who have insurance benefits to get massage therapy? Do you see folks that pay cash for massage therapy, use flexible benefits? What sort of financial arrangement usually allows people to take advantage of these services? There are... Some insurance that covers it, like UHA or HMSA or Kaiser, certain plans may cover it. You need to check in with your, your medical provider. And then workers' comp and auto accident insurance covers those injuries as well. For those who are not covered by their insurance, then a lot of places will take uh, cash, cash payments as well. And that whole flexible spending, if you have money you're allowed to use for <clears throat> medically related treatments that you just need to uh, get a prescription for or authorization for, you could use that too. Yes, you're right. I forgot about the flex spending. Usually around November or December, we get really busy. Oh, I haven't used up my flex spending. I need to use it up. <laughs> Usually around that time, I get a lot of phone calls. Oh, I really want to do massage therapy and I need a prescription to say that this is helpful. So I, I agree. I think that's one of the other ways that people can take advantage of that. Now, are there a lot of medical massage therapists or are you kind of a unicorn? There are a good handful. And again, like I said, if you do have medical coverage, you would go back to your insurance and go on the Internet and find their list of providers that, that are 
in those insurances. And so there's a good handful, up to five pages on one, one, one website. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so you can go to your insurance website. That might give you some input as to where else you might find some direction. How would people find you? You would find me at cindyogata.com and, and look me up. That's my website or Yelp Reviews. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Before we started the show, you said, well, you could look up Therapeutic Touch of Health, but people have trouble spelling the word therapeutic. And I went, I do. I mean, you know, there's always an H somewhere that I don't expect. So uh, I thought that was really kind of cute. So for you, you just used your name. It was actually making things a lot easier because uh, literally some of the Greek words, I mean, literally it's Greek to me. And there's just a lot of letters I don't anticipate in my spelling suffers as a result. So they could go to your website, they could find you. And uh, the idea might be that if they feel as though their muscles are tight, what sort of, uh, how would somebody know if I thought, do I need to see Cindy? How would I know that? What would I be feeling or experiencing that would make me go, yep, it's time? Oh, if you have aches and pains as we get older, (laughs) it's time to take a break and uh, come get a massage, medical massage. Yes. Yeah, I don't think there's really a day when I don't have an ache or a pain somewhere. I suspect that's for a lot of folks out there feeling the same way. What about athletes? You know, maybe they overuse things. I mean, I'm not an athlete by any stretch, but I wonder sometimes if, if people who overexercise could also experience troubles. Oh, yes. We do see those bodybuilders, uh, tight pectoral muscles. They often, uh, we always encourage them to stretch after they work out. Or, uh, you know, the marathons, lactic acid builds up in their leg muscles as they're running their 26-mile marathon. We are busy the week after a marathon because uh, they're a little bit hurting, some of them. Well, and that's interesting because we've talked a lot about stretching and exercising and moving, and then there's this whole other group of folks who do it a lot. They're really responsible about doing the stretching but or doing the exercise and moving, but maybe not the stretching as much. How important is it to stretch after you work out? I mean, if you're doing a workout at the gym and you're using weights and stuff, is it, uh, is it pretty much essential that you do the stretches or else your muscles will get tight? I definitely think if you work out a lot and you're building that pectoral muscle that men like to do, that they need to stretch out because we often see tears in their shoulders because of not stretching out from the workouts that they're doing in the years to come. Not like at the time they're doing it, but in the years to come. They need need to make sure they're stretching it out at the time they're doing it so that when they become seniors or a little older, then the tear in their shoulders will not, not be there. Trying to avoid that. Trying to avoid it. And if you have arthritis, you could still work on strengthening the muscles around a joint, and you Mm -hmm. could still stretch. It's not necessarily going to make arthritis worse. Mm -hmm. Just stretch within your abilities. Everything is within your abilities, yes. And if it hurts too much, then there's trouble. Too much. That's too much. (laughs) But is there a good level when you stretch of good level of pain? Like there's a difference when you stretch and go, oh, that feels good, versus what did I just do to my back? There's a slight difference between the two. Yes, I always go on a scale from 1 to 10. Stretch between a 5 and a 7 is good, a good sore. When you hit 8, it's like, oh, it's a little bit, ouch. Don't, don't stretch 8, 9, or 10. Stretch anywhere between 5 to 7. You feel the stretch or you feel, oh, that's my, my limit. You've got to know. Everyone's different. They've got to know where their limit is. And the only way to know that is to try and stretch. That's right. 
Just stretch within your abilities. That's the key is abilities within your abilities. And if you're feeling stiff at the end of the week, boy, think about your posture in your chair or at home, maybe not the same ergonomics, some things that we all need to, and even how you sleep, you mentioned, things we need to consider as we're trying to keep our bodies limber. And hydration is a, is a big key. Oh, there's another one we're going to have to do a whole show on. How much is too much and how much is not enough with hydration? I agree. Well, I really thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. I'm going to try not to sleep curled up in a ball so that I can uh, make sure that I'm helping my body to stretch because I'm guilty of sitting down a lot. So I'm going to have to work on that. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can always click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show or you can find us on the HPR app. Thank you to Cindy Ogata of Therapeutic Touch of Health right here on Oahu, both in the Kapiulani Business Plaza and also in Aiea. And she's available to help all of us learn how to stretch and keep ourselves pain-free. Okay, our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we will see you right here next week, right here on The Body Show. See you then. <laughs>